Welcome to Keep Making, a podcast about people creating their way through life. From artists to business owners to stay-at-home parents, we believe everyone is creative, and we're on a mission to share it. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, Welcome to another episode of the Keep Making Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Jennifer Bonwell. Jennifer Bonwell is the brand manager for Pro Marine Supplies. Pro Marine Supplies uh, sells epoxy for all sorts of different things. Um, I want to ask you about your business. I want to ask about you as a person, but uh, I kind of want to start at Pro Marine Supplies. So for people in our audience that doesn't necessarily know who you are, um, maybe give us a little spiel about Pro Marine Supplies and what you guys do. Sure. So we sell tabletop epoxy, and we also have a five-to-one marine-grade epoxy. Uh, we started the company around 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually started in the boat repair business. Uh, okay. My my dad and my brother actually started um, posting listings online through eBay and Amazon, and they started to realize that there was a need for the products being on the market. So okay. they, they manufactured the epoxy, um, and that's how it started. They got the listings up on eBay and Amazon, and, um, you know, they sold a little bit here and there, and, uh, you know, kind of for a couple years just they were doing the boat repair and selling online at the same time. Uh, 2017, they decided to end the boat repair business because they were doing so great on e-commerce. Wow. And uh, that's when I joined the business in 2017. Okay, so they started it because they were like uh, serving a specific problem when it came to boat repairs. And then very quickly, uh, the sales online outpaced the need to even do that kind of work because obviously e-commerce took off. When you joined the business, um, this, this podcast is all about people that create their way through life. Did you have any experience in the e-commerce and or marketing world? Because like, this is a big theme that I, I kind of touch on. Most of the people that end up doing certain jobs might not have any experience in that job before they actually enter it. Um, and, but they have the skill set that's actually required, which tends to be like the ability to solve a lot of problems, to be forward thinking and work at a relentless pace that doesn't really, can kind of overcome any problem. So when you entered in 2017, what were you doing before that? Absolutely. So I had no formal education in marketing. I have taught myself uh, everything when it comes to social media marketing and management. At the time, I owned my own spa business. Okay. Um, So I was working uh, as an esthetician and I was working by myself. I was marketing my business. And that's really where my passion grew for marketing. I could not wait to get done for the day and go home and work on my website and work on my uh, Facebook ads and get more people back into the business. So I started realizing the passion is really with business and with marketing. So when I was given the opportunity to come in for Pro Marine Supplies, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of took the reins and, and ran with it because at the time they had no marketing, they had no customer service, and it was really a clean slate to work on. Okay, sorry, Denny just popped in. For those of you that are curious, she opened the door and was waving goodbye to us. <laughs> um, so you, you had experience actually because you had run your own business with it, but you uh, fell in love with certain parts of that business. And that's where you're like, actually, I'm, I can do this in a different capacity entirely. Um, where your, your brother, father, right? Yes. So your brother and father, oh, thank, thank you, Jordan. Thank you so much. Um, were, they were like, 
did they just trust you outright because of your knowledge in these arenas? They're like, oh yes, you've got this. Or was it like a learning curve of like, hey, you got to trust me with these things. These are going to really help us grow the business like crazy. So I actually came on with the company and uh, it was part-time at first. Oh, really? And okay. all my brother wanted me to do was to help write technical articles because that's what they really? needed at the time. Really? Yep. Okay. I so, didn't even know this. Yeah. So that's where I started. I started part-time and it, it very quickly blossomed into okay. full-time because I came to them with ideas about how they could grow their business. They had a email list of customers they weren't even retargeting and oh, um, man. you know why aren't you on social media you need to get on social media there were people using our hashtag on instagram we didn't even have an instagram page <laughs> <laughs> isn't that crazy so when did you guys start your your instagram uh within a few months of me starting with the company i started an instagram and a facebook page okay okay and this is 2017 2017 yeah. okay, okay we probably had about uh a thousand tags for hashtag pro marine supplies on instagram when you started it when we started holy it, yeah. cow so there obviously the you had a really great problem there of just like, hey, we just really need to be here and actually start engaging with the audience that is already existing. Absolutely. That's really cool. So um, in 2017 to now, you guys have grown like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and all of that I would attribute to what you guys have been doing from a marketing standpoint and your ability to make things hyper efficient online. Um, can you talk about that process and how you figured out uh, going down that road? Because obviously, the business wasn't always just about the social media side or the e-commerce side only. It, it started as boat repair. And then like right. you had to like whittle away at it until it was like, oh, hey, we've made the engine that you kind of have now. Right. So also in two th 2017, we did uh, another major thing that really helped the business. We had probably about 500 uh, products at the time, okay. anywhere from uh, gel coat uh, repair kits to pour foam and we were selling sticks and cups and we just had a complicated mm -hmm. list of products and to go in and to market all of those things it was really difficult mm -hmm. because you weren't targeting one market necessarily you were targeting a lot of different markets right. so we looked at the products that were actually selling and sure enough it was tabletop epoxy and it was marine grade epoxy so we took those 500 SKUs and we cut them down to two Wow. So we <laughs> that's one that takes a lot of guts. I mean, like, I don't know if that's a, that's not normal for businesses to be like, hey, by the way, we're not going to sell any of these things. We're going to put all of the eggs in these baskets so we can actually focus. Yeah, we did have a little bit of pushback for the few customers that bought some of the other items mm -hmm. and they had to find a different supplier. But in the long run, our business almost immediately doubled because we started marketing to the epoxy market because that's what we were selling primarily. OK, awesome. So um, obviously there's realms of like customer service that get involved here when you, you guys are obviously market online, but once that kind of takes off, you're interacting in real time with people online. It's not something that is, it doesn't turn off unless you make a dedicated time for it to turn off, right. that kind of thing. How did you guys navigate those waters? Because a lot of, um, I mean, I could speak for Illumilite. Illumilite ha has legacy content. They've been, they've been, they were making content for it, like in, on YouTube in 2008 and 2009. So they've been on YouTube forever, but they would get so inundated with so many comments in the past that they would have to shut them off because they didn't have the infrastructure to support 
thousands of people asking them questions online at that time. Right. Things have changed dramatically now, but that was, you know, way back then. So how did you guys navigate those waters? Because obviously there's different needs that kind of come up in those situations. So as I said, we didn't really have a customer service department when I started with the company. We had one person uh, answering our customer service emails. At the really? time, we had no phone support. And she, would, she was working part-time. She would log in randomly throughout the day whenever she had time, whether it was 6 a.m. in the morning or midnight and she would answer the emails. So as we grew, obviously the customer base grew and my thoughts were we need to streamline this process. Mm -hmm. We need to make it more professional because we need to have regular business hours mm -hmm. because customers were getting used to just being answered at, at all hours of the night, on holidays, yeah, on weekends. Yeah. So that was step number one is let's set our customer service hours nine to five, Monday through Friday. Um, and then we slowly started to introduce other ways to talk to our customers. We were responding on social media. Um, we started live chat. That was okay. our next step. And then a big decision uh, was phone support because okay. to throw someone on the phone with a product as technical as epoxy is a little bit scary. Right. Uh, we still have a bit of a training process that people have to go through before they get on the phone. But right. Uh, we quickly grew from one customer service rep to uh, now we have four full-time reps. And that's probably just only bolstered your guys' success when it comes to, I mean, it's clear. You keep having to add people because there's clearly a need there. But beyond that, uh, it probably just gives you more credibility, I'm assuming. Yeah. Have you gotten any of that kind of feedback? Yeah, so one thing we talk about a lot on social media and, and something we really market is our customer service and our technical support because you can pick up the phone and talk to a live person. You can chat with us, you can send a Facebook message and we will get back to you that day. And that's something we're really proud of. That's awesome. Is our, our ability to get back to people and there's no backlog of, of tickets in our system. We handle everything and we clear everything out by five o'clock. And the next morning we start again at, at eight, nine o'clock and- mm -hmm. Get to it. Yeah. That's awesome. So you just tapped into something that I'm kind of curious about because um, these are practices that I think uh, not every business does. Um, there's a caring that kind of comes from this that has to be um, led by example. And you're the leader of this brand. Is this something that's kind of always been this way? You were in the service industry before this. Is this something that you were, did you get this from your parents? Where this idea of actually taking care of people and treating them properly and helping them and all, I mean, not every business is good at this. Um, a lot of people say they are, but their actions don't always back up what they say. So for you, do you have any idea of where this all started when it comes to like, hey, I actually want to take care of our customers. I want them to feel like they can talk to a real person. They're not gonna be, shuffled around on an endless like dial pad that's just monotonous and wastes hours. Um, where did that, where, is that something that's always been in you or how did you, um, how'd you, how'd you find that? I think I've always worked at the customer service industry. Okay. So I've, I've had a taste of, of what makes customers happy and what doesn't. Um, and you know, it really speaks in the reviews that we get and the people that are happy about the service. And if it works, keep going with it. You mm -hmm. have to serve mm -hmm. your customers, they have to be happy, and they will tell all of their friends. And okay. when you're 
on social media, with any company nowadays, you cannot have any negative stuff on social because mm -mm. it will spread like wildfire. So you need to make sure everyone's happy. If we ever have a customer that's got an issue, we we have a plan. We always follow up with them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the issue is about. We never want to leave someone with a negative taste in their mouth about our company. So where does that happen? At a certain point, someone might be like, well, you can't please everybody. So for you, why why do you keep pushing to make sure that they're all happy? And I know that it leads to business results. And I kind of forget the numbers. Um, there's the numbers are what's important, though. Okay. Yeah. But for, <laughs> there, is, that, is that, I mean, for you, is that the drive? I'm super curious because, like, I, they, they're twofold because they, you can be really, uh, you could take care of a lot of people by being, take, by taking care of yourself at the same time. So is that it for you when it comes to like how, you, you know, this is good business to actually do this. This is very practical to be this uh, available to people. It's actually not because uh, some people might think that's a waste of time. You're not going to be able to do all of that. But the reality is actually it's super good for us because it has huge effects on our bottom line. Is that kind of that's what I'm picking up. But yeah. is, that, is that true? The drive is absolutely the business and the reviews online and especially with Amazon. It's really important when you're selling on Amazon. I mean, that's a big player in our business. You must be at that 4.5 or above star rating. You must have those key performance metrics in place. And you you really have to strive to be the best one out there because if you aren't, there's you're a not going to rank. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of noise out there. Okay, so that's, that's kind of great because I've been, I've been super curious and I haven't actually been able to ask you these kinds of questions. And some people are like, I just really love to help people. And they're for you, like it's like, this is just really good business. Yeah. And that's what I'm hearing. And that's... It's really cool, actually. Um, what I hear is that you're just a good businesswoman, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so um, your dad obviously started uh, his own company. Uh, you had your own company before you started uh, at ProMarine. Uh, were you always building businesses as a young woman? How did how did you kind of get into this? Because um, I'm assuming, what were you doing at 18 that kind of led that to this kind of path? Well, I, first of all, I grew up with my dad always owning his own business. He was okay. always self-employed. So that originally was a really big dream of mine was to okay. be self-employed. Um, I found a, a different way to grow the passion now within Polytech of mm -hmm. my marketing skills. But um, at 18, I was actually in the medical field. So Really? Yeah. Yep. How did you fall into that? So let's go back to the origin story. How did, like, let's take me back to those things and how you kind of arrived here because everybody's path is super different. I was a English lit major and a philosophy minor in college. And now I lead a content team. It's they, you know, divergent totally paths. Separate, yeah. yeah. So they complement each other at the end of the day, but like you wouldn't really go like, yeah, that guy's going to lead a marketing team right. uh, when I was in college. So, um, you were in the medical field. How'd you fall into the medical field? Was it like, Hey, this is when I was 16, I took a CNA course and, uh, my first job was at a nursing home and oh, wow. I worked with Alzheimer's patients. Oh, wow. Um, and then I actually got into uh, the EMT emergency services field and also 911 dispatch. So Holy I, cow. I did that for a while. I did some volunteer um, firefighting and yeah, it's totally different market from where I'm at now. Holy cow. So you were a volunteer firefighter? <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask you about your daughters because you do talk about them uh, a fair amount and as any mom would. Um, is there any drive for you when it comes to much like your father, when he, you know, he always had his own businesses and you had your own dream of owning yours. 
Is that something that you think about? Like, uh, I want to show my daughters this by like lead by example. Is there any drive in you in regards to that? Absolutely. So my, they are my biggest drive, obviously, as your children always are. When they were younger, I was a single mom. So I was always driven to, you know, push further and go harder and be successful for them so they can see and be raised by a strong woman. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And they're 12 and 14 now. Are, are, have you seen any signals yet? I know they're young. So I have the, obviously they, they're, at, they're, they're at peak, uh, well, they, I'm assuming. They might be beginning to like test the boundaries as like teenagers and, or preteens. So, are, but have you seen any drive to maybe like go into their own path when it comes to their own business, that kind of thing yet? Uh, my 12 year old wants to be surgeon. Oh, wow. So, that so that's next level. Yeah. Yeah. And my 14-year-old, she's a competitive dancer, and she wants to run her own dance business. So yes, what you're saying is yes, they definitely yeah. both have a bit yeah. of like that already. <laughs> They're pretty still. driven. Cool. Well, that's pretty awesome because they obviously have someone that kind of led that by example. So um, this is one of the questions that I like to ask. I, I asked Mike Quistis, I asked Mike Foppel this, I asked Jonathan about it. Like, um, so if someone that is like going into your industry what would be some advice that you would give them if they were like starting their own business or if they were leading their own brand? Um, and obviously it's different levels for everybody and the advice they'd want to give them. Um, for me, it's really at the end of the day, I'm like, you need to lead with kindness and empathy mm -hmm. and understanding for people or else you're going to be dead in the water before, no matter what you're doing. So if you're going to tell my editor, Eric Heemstra, what uh, to do if you, he was going to have your job, what would you tell him as advice to like, get ready to do it. Sure, so I would say have a great network of people with the same mindset. Uh, make sure you're talking to other business owners or people in that position and uh, that's number one. You really wanna be around people who wanna do good things in their life. Awesome. I he I've heard this thing about uh, the five people that you surround yourself with are gonna be the five people that influence you the most, but it sounds, that's very similar when mm -hmm. it comes to like, you make sure you have the right kinds of people around you. Yeah. Uh, so that you can be successful as well. Um, I'm going to set this up now just so you have it in your brain. I also give everybody an opportunity to ask me a question at the end of the podcast. So that way you're, it's not just feeling like I'm just, you know, title waving you with a whole bunch of questions. You get a, you get to throw one back at me. And so far, every time someone does, I immediately am thrown off by the question. So I, I don't know why I keep getting flustered. I'm, I'm the one saying like, Hey, you have permission to ask me a question. But, um, before we get there, uh, we are, I wanted to talk about the brands cause, uh, we're in new territory. Like we are all owned by Polytech now. Um, and, uh, I, I work out of the Alumalite Galesburg facility. Uh, you're down in Florida and your entire team works remotely and you guys are with pro Marine supplies. Mike was just, uh, Mike Quist from Stone Coat countertops was just on the podcast. Uh, and then we have also have ETI, uh, ETI is based out of here as well. Um, we're all siblings now hanging out and uh, forming kind of like a, a power team in the uh, mold making and epoxy and resin world. I still don't have the terminology down completely right. But um, how has this been going for you? Because I know that it, it, with any f familiar relationships, siblings now, um, I'm super curious to how you've been uh, navigating the waters because th this is new territory for everybody. Well, 
it's definitely been new territory and um, it's been something to to get kind of used to and it, I find it very interesting how they've purchased the different brands mm -hmm. and how we're all now going to integrate and I mm -hmm. find that really exciting because when we can all get on the the same customer service platform and we can work off of each other and bounce ideas off of each other I'm really excited about being able to do that with uh, Mike Quist and Mike and you, of course, with the content creation that you're going to do for us. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited. I think that every brand has does something a little bit the same, but also a little bit different where yeah. they complement each other. Yeah. They did a good job of assembling different kinds of people. Absolutely. Which generally, if those people can get along, you can do incredible things. Yeah. So... Um, we're after world domination here, from what I keep hearing. Well, I just had this discussion with Jonathan. I think that they've got the pretty much the most popular brands right now in the chemical epoxy space. Yeah. They've done a good job picking and choosing. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it's going to be an exciting journey, and obviously we're just kind of getting started. This is going to be like episode five of the podcast, so... I'm excited to see what happens even in the time that before this comes out into the world, um, uh, like a month from now. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to go, I kind of wanted to hop around a little bit. I want to go back to your daughters real quick. Obviously you've been wanting to lead by example. Um, when it comes to like, this is how you be a strong woman in this world. This is how you run your own business. This is how you treat people. Make sure you surround yourself with people that are like-minded so that you can be successful yourself. Um, those things seem to be kind of intrinsically led by example from you do you, are there any things that you're trying to instill from like a, an advice standpoint as well like a like do they come to you like hey mom how do you do this and why how, why do you get to work from home or are they asking you any of those kinds of questions um yeah yeah i mean they're they're super open with me so anything that they want to ask me they just come out and say it and that can be a good thing sometimes and it can be a bad thing but <laughs> That's awesome. So what, it, what are the things that you're mostly trying to instill in them from like an advice standpoint that you, when, when they are asking you questions? Um, definitely as far as being a good person is really important at the age they're at. They're both in middle school. Mm, so mm -hmm. I try to instill in them to just be nice to everybody. You don't ever know what someone is going through. Be mm -hmm. a good person. Mm -hmm. um, stay away from the crowd that, you know, is talking down on people mm -hmm. and, and bullies. And so I really, that's an important thing I try to instill in them personality-wise. On the other end, on business, on the business side, I really try to instill, um, you know, financial responsibility. And my, I took my daughter when she turned 13 and we went to open a checking account. And oh, wow. We, we talk about saving and investing and um, here's what you can do to earn a little bit of extra money and, you know, ideas for opening their own business. I said, you know, just because you're 12, 13, 14 years old, it doesn't mean that you can't go out and make money. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's something they're starting to do on a small scale, some dog right. sitting and right. dog walking and. That's Things pretty that cool, nature. though. I mean, like the, the reality is, I mean, that, that's why I ask these kinds of questions. Sometimes they seem a little bit off the wall or like might be a little too personal. But the reality is I think they give a fuller picture of the people that are like running these brands and running these businesses because it's really easy. I mean, like even like our name on Instagram, Illumilite Corporation, the fact that it has corporation on it, uh, I would like to have it just as Illumilite, but there's a guy in India, I guess, named Illumilite that has it already. <laughs> um, but there, there's there's connotations that come with business sometimes or these things that they're, they're too big or they don't care about us or they're, they're not real people. 
when the reality is like mm, we're very real people yeah. and i would like to give a fuller picture of all all the different brands and who's running them and how they actually interact with other people and the kinds of parents that they are and the kind of people that they are because i think when you kind of pull the curtain back it's just a bunch of people that are trying to do these businesses and really do right not you know what's you know be unethical or something crazy you know yeah, what i mean we're not a big bad greedy corporation no no the reality is like we're a bunch like a bunch of small businesses that just got bought that want to like really grow and Absolutely. do well um which is really fun so uh this is your opportunity see this is pretty painless right i'm only these aren't really hard questions and i know you might have been a little nervous but you've been doing so good through this Thank entire you. thing and this is your very first podcast ever yes yes cool well, now I'm going to have to show you guys how to do podcasts as well so that you guys can do this down there because you already have so many different influencers that are using, using your guys' products from uh, tumblers to uh, crafts to, to um, coasters to art installations. I mean, you guys are all over the place with what people are using your products for. So it'd be great for you guys to be able to do some more interviews, more than just me up here doing that. I'd, I'd love to talk with them too, but we can you know do more that would when be we're awesome. all doing it. And I just want to say... Even though, you know, we were purchased by Polytech and this was a family business before, I feel like we've kind of fallen into a bigger family. So oh. I'm super excited about the collaboration. Well, the feeling is mutual. So I appreciate you saying that because uh, I didn't even know about any of these businesses <laughs> like four months ago. And I've like been now a part of the family. I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> I like everybody here. Um, so that's really cool to hear because, um, yeah, I think that also helps with the, how people view us as well. Um, and also pe we, everyone still operates that way. That's another thing. Like I was really suspicious myself. I was like, Oh, this is going to be a big corporate job. Right. And so far it's been like, Hey, what do you need to be su successful? And we'll help you build the team that you need. And then you're off to the races doing what you love. And I'm like, what? Well, this I think is not that what I've heard about the great leadership and yeah. it trickles down. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Uh, and that was really one of the cool things that we had with like Jonathan on the podcast. Cause that was pretty evident from him. Um, in, the, in his leadership style. Okay, so I want to give you a chance to ask me a question. Okay. You can ask me anything that you'd like. Nothing's off limits outside of, you know, like super private things. That might be weird. But, um, yeah, you can ask me anything you want, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this podcast up, and uh, we can both you know, go back to our normal lives. Sure. Well, you know it's got to be about business. So. Okay, all right, all right. Let's see if I even can help out with a good question or a good answer. How did you go from English Lit to where you're at now? Because <laughs> you're in a super successful position. So how did you get here? Tell me about your journey. Oh, man. Okay, so after college, um, well, I've always wanted to, on a baseline uh, level, help people. Um, uh, when I've, I'm a huge people person in general. And I, I had think no I, idea. Yeah, a lot of people say that, but like I'm a big practitioner of that. Like, um, I am not uncomfortable talking to people in a crowd. Like if there's a group of people that never met each other before, I'll be the first one to make a fool of myself so that everybody else feels a little bit more comfortable. You got to witness it last night at dinner. I'm okay with giving a little toast. If no one's it, like dinner's wrapping up and it's clear, like, well, what are we going to do now? I'm like, all right, let me talk for a little bit, <laughs> that kind of thing. So that's been like in me forever. Um, and one of the things that I've kind of realized over the last, I'd, since my boys were born, um, is that yeah, I've really got only one shot to like do this at scale. Um, so what are the w avenues that I can 
help people be more themselves. And for me, I've had a lot of different jobs that I've been able to do that in different facets. I worked in the restaurant world for a little while and like I really loved being a server uh, because like I got to help people have the best night that they possibly could have while they're with me for that little pocket of time. I, I worked with uh, kids with that were autistic for a while, like as like wow. a, a caretaker. Um, I, I loved that job. That job was extremely hard. I was like a third parent for a bit. Um, I've volunteered uh, for about 15 years with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. That's something that I've loved doing. Um, but I was, for the last five years, I was a producer at a film company. And the film company's uh, ethics really aligned with who I am as a person and the stories that they wanted to tell about humans in general, I really resonated with. and. I had a lot of opportunity to uh, work with a lot of nonprofits um, and tell their stories in ways that they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. So it's kind of always been in me. And like now I get to do this with uh, our products, really, because one of the first times I sat down with Mike, he was like, hey, um, we make things so that people can make what they want to make. And he's like, one of my biggest goals is just to help people do what they want to do. And I was like, well, that's definitely in line with who I am as a person and like what, what I believe when it comes to marketing. and. Over the last three years, even, I, I really fell heavily into um, social media and YouTube and all these other avenues. And I was like, these are tools that can be used for like immense good mm -hmm. if the person behind it is very intentional about how they use these tools. Um, and like I follow people that are really good at doing really great, good, wonderful things. Um, and I was like, well, I can do that. Um, and like, I think I can do that as a marketer still. Because uh, those are my skills that I've acquired slowly since post-college. Um, so for me, it was a really winding, crazy road to kind of get to where I am at now. But the themes have kind of always been the same um, throughout every different job that I've had. I, I, they were slowly chipping away at like some of the ways that I could communicate or how I interacted professionally. And I built up my skills to a point where I knew that I could act with a lot of good intent and make good things happen for my team, uh, myself and the company that I'm a part of by wanting to help people out there in the world. So that was a really long-winded answer. Hopefully that made sense. It does. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good. Well, Jennifer, I really appreciate you being on this podcast. I uh, can't wait to do some more of these with you. And also, I can't wait to make you a bunch of videos so you guys can go and kick some ass. We are looking forward to it. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>